Hello and welcome to our Tag One Team Talk, a deep dive into end-to-end -end encryption in YJS. I'm Michael Myers, uh, Managing Director at Tag One Consulting. We have a really amazing lineup of guests today. Nick Graff is a technology consultant based out of Vienna. Had the honor of working with Nick on some projects at Tag One. He is involved in so many awesome open source things. He organizes the Reason Conference. He's a board member of the Rescript Language Association, the co-creator of DraftJS. And he's also the founder of Serenity Notes, an end-to-end -end encrypted private and shared notes application that we're going to really dig into shortly. Uh, we're also joined by Fabian Franz, the VP of Technology at Tag One, based out of Switzerland. Uh, in addition to his work at Tag One, Fabian is the framework manager for Drupal 7, an open source content management system and application framework that powers one out of every 30 websites. So if you're surfing the web today, you've almost certainly hit some sort of application that Fabian had a huge hand in developing. Uh, and of course, Kevin Jans, based out of Berlin, the founder and project lead of YJS, the framework that's used for adding real-time collaboration to any application. Thank you guys all for joining us. Uh, to our listeners, um, part one, we covered a high-level overview of end-to-end -end encryption and gave some examples as to how it's used in applications or not used in applications and, <laughs> and you know, the concerns around that. Uh, in this part, in part two, we're really going to dig into end-to-end -end encryption and how Nick did this implementation using YJS. Um, so Nick, you know, maybe the first place to start because in, in, in part one, we talked about end-to-end uh, -end encryption in the context of, you know, pretty old school applications where there isn't collaboration, um, you know, uh, a shared messaging app, you know, uh, the idea of, you know, uh, signal and sending, you know, messages back and forth, you know, that's, that's pretty simple. But once you start adding collaboration to your notes application like Serenity has, I would imagine things get a lot more complicated. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think the, I mean, the, the, the uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the big shift in, in um, that happened was first OT, operational transforms. With, I think the Google Wave team started doing this, whereas really like they managed to, the, the, um, to manage to, to come up with this algorithm um, or, or protocol where two people or multiple people can edit the, the one thing, the one node or, or a same data structure and, um, and, and it merges it together well. Like in, in the outcome is, is relatively good. Um, so you can really have this real-time collaboration on the same document with, without the problem of like just the last, the last right wins. Um, uh, the only problem with OT um, I mean, some people working on this, trying to make it clients that only, but it's, you always need to have like one, uh, one single source um, that actually merges everything together and, and in the end makes the decision um, who's the winner, who's, or what, what's the end state. Um, and the problem there obviously is um, if there's someone else merging it together, it can't be encrypted. Exactly. And so... Um, uh, yeah, a while ago, then, then I learned um, about CRTTs. And, and I mean, this end-to-end encryption thing was on my mind for a long time. But yeah, it was when I, when I knew about uh, OT, I thought like, okay, so you can't make it happen. And when I talked to a lot of people in the tech scene, it's still like, okay, real-time collaboration and end-to-end -end encryption that doesn't um, uh, uh, work well together. But 
with CRDPs, it, it kind of became this, oh, wow, this is, it can actually work because CRDPs can, can be completely decentralized. Um, and decentralized means it can happen completely on the client. And, and um, yeah, if everyone uses the same algorithm or protocol to, to like merge things together, um, you can start to end-to-end -end encrypt it. And um, like, there was, yeah, for me, I mean, I don't know the exact moment, but I remember I was pretty hyped once I had this realization. And from there on, um, I basically started the journey. And I don't know, it was one and a half years ago or so. And, and felt like, okay, I, I'm gonna try this. Um, and yeah, and this is how, how it happened. And I worked with Kevin on, um, on a YJS project. Um, and, and then, um, yeah, basically from there, it was a, a notes editor was something that I uh, always wanted. And, and with um, all the work that Kevin did, it was such an easy play um, to just do it. And yeah, and then the end-to-end -end encryption part, I thought I'd, I'd get it done in a couple of weeks. Um, took me months. Um, I, I realized like I had no idea about this, especially if you, if you get, if you want to use, um, 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 uh, you just don't want to use a, a, something simple like AES, and, and, um, but yeah, you want to use a modern uh, state-of-the-art encryption library like OM or the Signal protocol or um, yeah, something like that. So quick, quick question about that. So CRDTs, essentially, we know um, you have one state, then you have another state, and every object is, is, has its own address, etc. Um, so what are you encrypting exactly? Are you encrypting like the, the change messages, or are you encrypting the whole state, or um, what are you essentially sending over the wire? And are, are clients like kind of like sharing a key on that document, and the other client is decrypting it then, and then adjusting its state, or how does it work? Um, so maybe let's focus on, uh, they are somewhat separate. I mean, somewhat separate then together, but yeah, let me first start on, on like what I actually include. Um, so the very first idea was to just, um, um, take the initial state and then every event, every change basically, um, encrypt this and, um, and, uh, just send it over the wire and like, decrypt every client, every change and, and so on and so forth. And then I realized um, um, all the encryption, encryption, and then also decryption is um, it creates a lot of overhead in, in CPU, um, 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 as well as like it's not very efficient because all of the um, you're sending uh, with the signal protocol or own you're sending one time you having one time keys which you uh, now and then update and so. You create also because it's encrypted you create a lot more uh content the content is, is longer and so you're creating a lot of overhead of data that you send cpu that is used and so on um so what i have at this point what i decided like screw that i just sent the whole thing the whole document and because yjs has tombstones this is a very important part document is uh, um, even if there have been a lot of changes, but usually the documents are not too large. Notes um, are not too large. Um, um, attachment is a different thing, but I haven't implemented yet. But yeah, there's, um, I, I can get to that. So basically right now, I'm, every client, um, 
every couple seconds just or, i mean you do it right away but um you you encrypt the whole thing and you send it to the server uh, this is very inefficient i have to say um the thing is it works still so well it's incredible like i mean i my my um I feel because it's so inefficient, I feel like, oh God, it's so painful to me. But on the other hand, when I just tried it out, it's like, yeah, for notes with several hundred lines of text, it's like a no brainer. Um, we send so much more data over the wire for other things, doesn't matter. And even if you have 20 uh, people, yeah, if you have like a note with 30 kilobytes and you have 20 people, it's still like still no amount of data that you're actually fetching it and decrypting and so on. This can obviously be optimized, but yes. I want to say that most, most, a lot of applications do exactly that. There's um, applications that don't, uh, that are not collaborative often have an autosave uh, function yeah. that basically in intervals uh, stores the document in plain text, obviously, and sends that to the server. And now you just use YJS to encode the whole state, send that uh, to, uh, over the wire to all the other clients. And since YJS updates are always mergeable, you will eventually end up um, on all the peers with the same state. Yeah. And uh, how do you plan to optimize that? So there's, um, I mean, there's, I think there's multiple levels of it. Um, um, yeah, I want to go at this iteratively. Um, the first one uh, for me is basically taking snapshots. It's like, think about uh, um, video codecs. You, you often have this, um, um this keyframe and basically um then or and the keyframes are set in positions where uh where there's like big changes happening um and so you could take snapshots of the document and then um have a bunch of events um uh, basically like the smaller changes but when you notice well, okay, now all this amount of events or all these, these changes are summed up. They're, they're actually uh, larger than the initial document um, or something like that. Um, I haven't figured out, I haven't thought it through, to be honest. But something like that, there has to be yeah, a sensible algorithm. Um, then you take another snapshot, then you can replace it. Then you can, I mean, it just has all to work. This is a play between the server and the clients um, because the server has to know like, you basically the server has to understand like this is a snapshot and this is just an event so if one client wants to have the last uh, the latest version i send you this snapshot and then these three events um and yeah this is this would be the first optimization i think this is still inefficient because you basically have to send everyone um, um everything um the the other thing would be to have some kind of um, some kind of uh, identifier what what's like if my snapshot matches your snapshot in these two versions and then you could basically when you ask the server for hey give me the latest state and the server knows like well there's one snapshot from this one user which matches exactly um, uh, from the, uh, the 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 data from or the snapshot from another person plus these two events, you can just download this. But then you have another problem. You have a problem of trust because suddenly one client could um, screw the other clients by telling them, hey, you have all the data, but um, cut out data. And yeah, it all gets very um, tricky um, 
maybe there's some some hash uh, mechanism where you can solve that but it's, it's yeah this is all very uh, uh, very like unclear thinking yet you know this is all brainstorming phase <laughs> Yeah. There's two things. First of all, that reminds me a lot of video encoding, essentially yeah. keyframes and, and then little interlaced things where you just have the, the changes. I like that model a lot in that. And um, for our uh, uh, viewers, um, to just make the problem a little more clear, uh, essentially, when you're sending the whole state, it's always clear what's happening. Essentially, you edit the node on the one thing, and then device A says, hey, this is my new state. And then device B knows how to merge it after it has decrypted, obviously. If you were just sending the change messages, etc., then you wouldn't essentially know um, what to do to which because no one knows which, which version someone has because there's no data. So what you could normally do in a, in a YJS environment where um, you um, could essentially optimize a case much easier isn't possible here because you need to have some kind of, of uh, versioning state. And then as Nick said, there's uh, this whole uh, trust issues, but hopefully um, you can trust your devices that you have at least um, at the beginning. But as soon as obviously you add a collaborator, there could always be Eve that not only wants to eavesdrop, um, but also uh, manipulate data essentially and that's where it gets gets interesting um the nice thing about yjs however is that um the data structure is essentially immutable that means um you cannot cannot permanently destroy data especially if you take such snapshots and um that makes it then much simpler to to justify essentially that you can also go back to an older version of Eve did their destructive things and you you are watching then to never invite Eve to that document again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is so interesting that exactly this problem uh, problem came up. Uh, I was just reading from uh, David Rosu, who's the author of Rust CRDTs. And yeah. he's working on Byzantine fault-tolerant, eventually consistent algorithms. And the okay. idea is exactly that you have a group of collaborators and he implemented a CRDT. And uh, let's say one of the peers is not trusted. He could just try to manipulate the state um, and remove some characters or manipulate state that he received from other peers and then send you that state uh, before that other peer can send it to you. So apparently there's some algorithm to solve that. And wow. this, this was like so incredible that you just brought that up. I was just reading about it. Uh, you should check it out. Um, it's it in, definitely send me the link. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like in BTF CRDTs. If you uh, search for it, you will definitely find it. Yeah. Um, it's really cool. Um, I, I mean, it's very fascinating area because CRDTs are pretty young for, for, for I mean, what, what, 2011, the paper came out. Um, and I think the first paper was in 2006. Okay. Uh, but there hasn't been like the root approach was the first one and then basically nobody talked about it for a couple of years and then mm -hmm. in 2011 somewhere um, it started to getting more popular yeah but in but contrast operational transformation uh, the first paper was in uh, in the 80s somewhere yeah uh, it's been wow a okay didn't know about that we have a great 
uh, team talk that you guys did on OT versus CRDT. So I'll put a note uh, in the show notes that people can check that out because it's, you know, they're complex and it's fascinating, yeah. you know, to, to really dig into that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one more thing, uh, Nick, what you could be doing is you could could learn a little bit from the um, from the crypto space um, in terms mm -hmm. of crypto coins, etc. Yeah. Because essentially what you could be using is a blockchain, essentially, where you record uh, which um, document versions had been at what time. And that way, at least you could figure out that um, this was a trusted version at this point, etc. So with that, you could essentially record hashes. So that's that's another space to explore potentially because they they are in a very related field obviously with yeah. the advantage that you can do um, like certain trees where you can zero knowledge uh, proofs that you have not tampered with the data. So that's yeah. another possibility. I mean, it's it's so fascinating because also when I um, um, yeah I, I felt like I want to have the product um, and I, I knew I'm I'm early with this in in a sense that it's like um there's a lot of research still ongoing and you have phd students from cambridge and working better uh, working on better uh end-to-end -end algorithms and and um or protocols and um you have yeah you have still a lot of research ongoing in, in on in the cdt area um but yeah um i i also felt like you are just like the technology is is I feel it's it's ready. It could be better. There are so many things that could be better, but the fact that it's just working and and um, for me it was like, yeah, how to say. Um, once you get into the field, you feel like, oh god, it could be so much better. But then if I use it with friends and and and, um, and colleagues, they are like, what do you want to improve? Yeah, for them, it's like. Um, yeah, for most of the people, it's good enough. It feels like Google Docs. Well, what to change here? Yeah, and, and then you know, like that could there's this edge case of like how documents can resolve when you do exactly identical editing of the same paragraph and whatnot. Um, but these are yeah, these are minor details in the end, and uh, I mean they are fascinating. Um, and and how to improve the protocols and make it more secure and make it resistant against harmful um um harmful collaborators but but this is all um yeah how how i personally want to approach is like show people that you can actually combine these technologies here decent and encryption show that you can build great products that are on par with um what is out there and take it from there and and like show that it's yeah and basically there's this um part part um keep the product um the product level product experience very high but also i i eventually need to go and and, and do my work in in protocols and, and talk to these people and um um yeah figure out how to advance the whole field yeah at least that's I, my hope <laughs> i really like your sentiment like um just use what is there and build great products based on that i mean the field is obviously gonna change and i think for the next 10 years it's going to change and add new cool features and there's always a trade-off when implementing a specific CRDT implementation and mm -hmm. uh and we just saw like um there are some edge cases like these byzantine CRDTs, uh for tolerant uh, that's a really interesting topic that might be interesting for a specific application 
And uh, yeah, it's, it's so cool that so many new things pop up and they are actually being used in, in production. Um, but like, as you just, you just talked about um, how you implemented that, um, I, I wanna know more about the trade-offs that you did in your application. Um, so um, it feels like even if you use that current approach, you're able to collaborate with a few members, like it, it shouldn't be a problem to collaborate with five peers at the same moment. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, are there un any other trade-offs? Like, why would I ever want to use uh, something like WebSocket still if I can have an encrypted backend? What is the trade-off? Uh, well, um, uh, the thing is, uh, um, uh, you, in theory, yeah. The, 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 the thing with, with, with using WebSockets, I mean, WebSockets for once could be just to, to like make sure the data gets pushed to the client and you don't have to pull. So this is, this is one oh, thing. I, I, I think I misspoke. Um, so you're using HTTP requests, right? Yes. To receive yeah. and send data. No, that's fine. Like um, I, <laughs> I was asking what is the trade-off to using a backend like uh, YWebSocket server, which is like yeah. another provider or using something like YWebRTC. Um, which works completely. Yeah, I think that the why the why WebSockets. I don't know if I would use it um, because it doesn't. Um, yeah, uh, I'm not sure if this would be a good fit. But the the, the WebRTC would be very interesting because what I can think of is that you um, basically allow the, the the clients to start communicating with each other, so you don't have to go to the server and you um, it's. A lot less load on the server, and also by the, the direct network connection, you can exchange data faster. Um, yeah. The thing that I'm I'm not sure yet um, is like, would it be good enough to like establish a WebRTC session, and then um, WebRTC has a good encryption? Um, so is this good enough um, to just send the data between uh, devices and when when like if both devices are online and they establish a WebRTC connection, is it good enough that you, you just exchange the data? Or um, I, I haven't looked too much into WebRTC. Or is the security um, is there a security impact? Um, um, do you because with OLM or like uh, Sigma protocol, you have rotating keys and so on. Um, so there could be a, a downside in, in in security, but I'm not aware of that yet. I, I mean, I think, okay, you go ahead, Fabian. <laughs> I think, um, so um, I think uh, WebRTC is giving you kind of the same. Uh, it's really just, um, um, I mean, the way it's working is you need to assure parties can communicate with each other, regardless yeah. of how they're doing that. Um, however, I'm not so sure um, that they're giving you as much as you want here, because as you said, the server still needs to essentially ensure that parties can communicate securely with each other, etc. Yeah. So it will still be involved. It will just be the individual messages that are sent, but those will also still be encrypted. So I think um, it's important to, um, to acknowledge that part. What would, however, be interesting, and but that's less signal technology, but more traditional public key cryptography technology, um, uh, would be essentially what if peers are just exchanging like certificates and not the rotating key, etc., yeah. and um, then are using something like Diffie-Hellman 
essentially um, to then use a secure connection via this uh, asynchronous um, uh, encryption. Um, so, um, and by using this um, public key cryptography, essentially, then you could use WebRTC completely. Like, and then the server would just be responsible for ex essentially ensuring everyone can trust each other. Yeah, that sounds great. I, I really need to dig into more, uh, dig more into it. But Kevin, do, like, is this right what I said, or um, are there? Oh, are yeah, there... that that makes complete sense what you said. You can basically use um, the end-to-end um, um, -end encrypted server protocol yeah. using HTTP request for kind of slow communication, yeah. and um, also handle signaling over the server probably. So basically yeah. send information um, about your own private key that you want to use for a WebRTC session and yeah. the connection information like your IP address. And then you connect to these uh, to the other server, uh, to the other client directly in a peer-to-peer -peer manner. And the WebRTC protocol already specifies that you must use a certificate to communicate. Mm -hmm. um, at least That's when you use thing. when you use YWebRTC, you always use a certificate that is generated on the client side. And um, you just need to handle uh, signaling basically, and then you can use both, right? Uh, you can use two providers at once, uh, yeah. one for slow, secure server communication and one for fast client-to-client -client communication. That is kind of unreliable. So I like this mix, but I, I mean, at the beginning, my question was really um, to, um, to um, define where you see this signaling server being used. Um, uh, no, not the signaling server, this end-to-end -end encrypted uh, protocol. Um, so what you build uh, was a, is a provider and a node yeah. editing app, right? Um, and uh, my question was like, why wouldn't I use YWebSocket? And uh, I think one of the advantages of YWebSocket is that you can parse the message. In some cases, you want to do that. Yeah. But if you don't want to do that, uh, you can use basically end-to-end -end encrypted messages uh, so what you what you are building, and have a end-to-end -end encrypted application. It, it can even be local first, which is like a term that is used everywhere right now. Yeah. Um, so it works offline. It, it is encrypted, but it still has the advantage that there is a server that you can use to request the data, and you can can pay that person to encrypt your the data for you and hold that all that information which is something I often want, especially if I want to have my data readily accessible on my mobile phone um, and my home computer is not turned on. So like this is one of the disadvantages of complete decentralized peer-to-peer -peer applications. Yeah. Uh, so that's something that I really like about it. So what are you working on next? Um, uh, two things are like, it's, it's very interesting because I thought like the, the biggest pain point would be um, um, like not having a desktop application ready. Um, then I started to interview a lot of people and, and get feedback and, and stuff. So I haven't I haven't launched this publicly on, I don't know, um, Hacker News or, um, um, or Product Hunt. So I want to do it rather soon, um, but uh, there's the first round of feedback was really very valuable um, because people said like, I would love to use it. But the one thing that makes me uncertain is like, can I back up the data somewhere? As like, and this was consistent um, 
um, that they, yeah, I trust you and it's, it's offline first, but it's also keys and um, you, you don't include the data into iCloud. I know iCloud, iCloud is, is unencrypted again, so you actually don't want to do this, at least not without your own encryption. And then, uh, um, yeah, it, it also comes down to like making the right choice for the user, because if I would just tell them, yeah, you can encrypt your, or you can back up your data to iCloud, and then like I create a super secure service. Um, but if you turn on their backups, everything is unencrypted <laughs> on, on Apple's uh, um, backend again. Um, so uh, yeah, basically this backup story is, is really important now. And um, um, that that's the, the most important thing. And then the second one is um, uh, creating the desktop applications. Yeah. This is this is the current path. I mean, in between them, always small things, UI, UX improvements, and so on and so forth. Um, but these are the, the big milestones that I, I want to take. Awesome. And is this somehow separated into two concerns? Can I use the provider? Can I pay you to use it or something? Uh, what do you mean? Oh, um, the the connection part. How do you oh, yeah. the, the server? So so right now I, I was um, well, initially I thought I just used the matrix protocol, um, which is a decentralized and, and uh, or it's, it's a federated system. So it's, it's decentralized, everyone could use their own server. Um, then I realized, um, well, matrix is, I mean, it's fantastic, but the problem is, um, is I can't like all these snapshot optimizations, they're not part of, of the, the matrix protocol. So basically, I would need either to fork metrics or, um, yeah, and then fork, uh, uh, like, you know, there's the Synapse code base um, the, for the servers and so on. And this is like in a, in a language and tooling that I'm not so familiar with. Um, so eventually, I, I, uh, I played with it and decided, no, I have to go one level deeper. Um, and when I started to go one level deeper, I also started to look into federation. Um, Sorry, I have to explain federation properly. So basically, everyone can host their own server, and you always, with your client, connect just to your own server. But these servers then can communicate. There's a, they, they are basically a decentralized system, and they communicate with each other. And you can uh, basically, from your own server, connect to in 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 Element, uh, which is the the chat implementation of um, um, using Matrix. You can basically then connect to another server. Uh, through your own server and get the data and, and yes, it's fantastic, but at the complexity ex just explodes, you know. Um, and so I decided uh, back then, okay, let's do it the signal way. Um, just I will start out with like hosting, hosting the backend. And this is also like in terms of business uh, plan, uh, the way forward, at least for now. Um, I host the backend, and if you want to use the services, uh, you can get the apps for free. But if you want to um, leverage or do more stuff, then you have to do um, like sync more nodes, add more devices, add more collaborators. The server knows about it, um, and and the server is basically the, the um, I, I integrated pricing through the server through restrictions there. Yeah. Um, so, so federation would be the best way, um, and especially if, if there's a uh, valuable business model, which still could be with federation. But um, yeah, I, you know, there are a million things to do, and you have to cut corners somewhere. 
yeah. and this was so, one that took. <laughs> but but what I'm hearing is, and this is what I'm hoping is that eventually I can build an application using the framework that you're uh, providing, and uh, store my data in the to an encrypted uh, service that you provide. Yeah. Um, so essentially, I think um, uh, Nick, what Kevin is pro proposing as yeah. a more broad business idea is YJS yeah. E2E as a service. Yes. Uh, and so that uh, essentially you can um, you can uh, use your service here and you can um, you can use any. I mean, I, I don't want a notes app or who needs notes app. I need a to do list because yeah. to -do list, they are like all the rage. And uh, so um, uh, by using uh, your service, I could then just hook up like like my own client uh, to the, your service and just have it end to end encrypted because all my to do list is is some giant YJS array, nothing more. Yeah, I would love to have that. And I'm, I'm very happy that you come to the same conclusion. Um, uh, I think this, this could be a way forward. Um, and in fact, when I started out, this was my thinking. Um, I want to build an, uh, a service that makes it very easy for every developer just to create their own end-to-end -end encrypted um, application collaborative um, applications um, and and one, once I started out I mean the, the, my backend repository is really just like the, if you look at the first commits you can see it, everything being abstracted and so on and then I realized I have no idea about this uh, the whole end-to-end -end encryption stuff is is um, I mean I know my things but there's a lot more to learn and I realized like okay let's I have to build an app for myself um and there are so many things to learn and let's focus on that first um, um and then eventually go there so if you go to the website uh, serenity.re um you can also i already created a page for for basically for an sdk so you can sign up so if you wanna if you wanna be one of the first to know about this when i when i actually um work or release on this um end to end encryption as a service, then then uh, sign up there or just send me an email and, and I, I will remember. Um, but uh, yeah, by building an app and like all these things like backups and attachments and uh, all these kind of things is like, I realized like this is still, there, there, there's a way to go to make all these things happen, to make it really a, a seamless experience. Yeah, that makes sense. And once you gain all this experience, once you made an app and you solved all the problems, you can think more about uh, creating that abstraction and yeah. an interface and API that others can use. Um, by the way, uh, you should really check out uh, Serenity Notes. Even even now, like um, it's it, it's usable. Like it's 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 working really nicely. And what I love about it compared to all the other note edit uh, note taking apps. It's actually really fast. <laughs> <laughs> Something I hate about every other application, like um, it, it consumes like hundred megabytes of memory and starts like in like three seconds. And this one just pops up with a simple uh, note, right? Everything you need, like you can create lists, you can create text and bold, and I'm happy with that. <laughs> I, I want to extend it a lot more, but you know, time. Time is yeah. the tricky thing. There's so many things to do, and uh, attachments. Yeah. Attachments, such an interesting topic. But um, right. yeah. we're pre-release, and it's it's already amazing. So I, I look forward to seeing <laughs> where you go with this, Nick. And and clearly, this you know EDE is a service, and your SDK have 
uh, tremendous power. I think you have a, a really hot startup on your hands here and, and we wish you the best of luck with it. Let us know how we can help. And I just want to thank all of you guys. I mean, this was fascinating. Um, you know, I, I hope that our, our viewers learned as, as much as I did. Um, you know, be sure to check out our first segment, which was an overview of NN and encryption and applications. Uh, all the links, uh, so many cool things were mentioned. We'll put them in the show notes. Uh, if you like this talk, please remember to upvote, subscribe, and share it out. You can check out our past team talks at tagone.com slash tag team talks and our YJS talks in particular at tagone.com slash YJS. Uh, as always, we'd love your input and feedback. You can reach us at tag team talks at tagone.com. Nick, Kevin, Fabian, I can't thank you enough. That was, that was really awesome. Uh, and to all of our listeners, thank you uh, for being with us here today. We'll see you soon.